What up, y'all? It is your boy, the one and only Switch, bringing you yet another episode of Switch's Sites, episode 12. Uh, today's date is uh, July 5th, 2019, uh, just off the cusp of the 4th of July. Uh, happy 4th of July to all folks uh, that did celebrate the independence holiday um hope you had a good one but yeah uh so we have a good wealthy amount of news and progress that i'd like to share with y'all discuss about today and uh i think we'll get into it so um first thing first news item today we'll go over is uh Oh, now, excuse me, by the way, kind of off the cusp of a cold sickness, if you will. So maybe I might find uh, sound a little bit more uh, raspier, um, bearer tone even than usual. But either way, uh, first topic of discussion, more how racism controversy. So for those who don't know, um, there was a recent article from PC Gamer uh, covering um uh an a problematic topic which is uh rampant racism and toxicity in terms of specifically uh, at least uh the Mordhau um excuse me community uh so uh in in their uh forums uh there's apparently uh, a lot of ra- <laughs> rampant racism going on that isn't being checked or at least at the time wasn't being checked maybe um now i guess one article or forum post they mentioned specifically is uh post your niggas and uh by niggas they they do k-n-i-g-g-a-s so it's like there's clearly no no disguise in that that's blatantly um, you can, you have to pronounce it nigga either way. So still, it's just, it don't, it don't add up. So, um, basically that forum post is for people to post their really good builds that they've made in Mordhau. But I mean, that's just straight up racist, man. Straight up racist. Not even right. Um, so yeah, but on top of that. Uh, at least uh, according to the article, they do um, express that a lot of this is rampant among the forums, whether it be just, uh, you know, comments, a lot of various comments that are just being blatantly racist and stuff like that. So kind of having that context, um, uh, they said that they are planning to make a update that will have more, uh, creative options in terms of creating your making your avatar female as well as different uh skin tones which uh currently isn't in the game uh you can only be white a white male uh currently so uh, but with that being said they're now making well they said at least that they're making an option um to cut that option off for people that don't want it so basically if I'm a person that has more how I have the game installed and whatever, um, I have the option to not, um, 
not enable that option basically for other people uh, to see other people's customization if they want to be somebody but a person of color or a different gender, which um, basically defeats the purpose uh, of customizing because what's the point of customizing if other people can't see your character for the most part? Um, it just doesn't make sense outside of, you know, uh, getting um, DLC packs that you haven't bought yet or something like that. But outside of that, mm, that really really no blatant reason to do that out of you know uh trying to appease the race racist people that play the game uh as like you know as uh evidenced by blatant racism already in the the mordhau uh mordhau forums and discord and stuff so with all that being said um the uh the racism and and all that uh basically that was the statement that the developers criterion criterion i think uh made in terms of the game uh initially but now they <laughs> double backed on or rescinded or uh basically contradicted themselves and said okay oh um now no we're not doing that we're actually going to cut that option off so everybody will you know see the customization options of you know different genders and stuff like that so yeah does not look really good for those develop developers of Mordhau in my opinion um just to on something so racy of a topic even if it's supposedly a mistake still uh does not make them look good especially when you add more credence to the fact that they um, also what they mentioned in the article that they don't have a valid um, a system in terms of policing uh, folks that are out of line or you know going against at least um, I guess common guidelines that pretty much any game generally uh, tends to follow so all that together is uh not a good look in general. So, um, I I do have the game. I played a little bit of it, uh, but man, I did not know of all this racism. Um, I never really checked the forums. I wasn't that hardcore to end the game at all. But uh, mm, this kind of makes me want to turn the other way, to be honest. Um, and then also with uh, Medieval Two coming out, um, uh, somewhat soon, I want to say. I don't know. They really have to do do some significant changes uh, to make this game viable for me personally. So, uh, but yeah, I found that interesting that you know just how they let a game just be so rampantly racist and uh, not doing anything about it. At least like you know from the article and what they've kind of stated, it seems like they just they want to uh, quote unquote give people a lot of choice. Um, and not be too strict or whatever, but at the same time, it's like it's clearly some things that are just blatant boundaries that anybody um, playing any game shouldn't pass. Which uh, at least these folks, uh, I believe, have kind of let run rampant. Um, you know, maybe out of fear of outcry and people uh, not playing their game or not going to play their game anymore because of a simple option just to add more diversity uh, to people in a in a, in a gaming environment. Uh, doesn't really add up to me so but yeah that is uh interesting 
Um, and, uh, you know, just goes to prove that uh, racism is uh, still alive and well in a fair amount of ways, unfortunately. So, uh, Next topic of discussion. Uh, the final wave of uh, Xbox Batworks, uh, backwards compatible games uh, have been announced for the Xbox One. Um, so of those, uh, at least some that uh, stands out to me personally, um, original Xbox, mind you, uh, the whole Splinter Cell saga, um, Splinter Cell, Pandora Tomorrow, Chaos Theory, Double Agent. Um, I am curious about Double Agent. I'm curious if they, if it's the, uh, I believe from the article, Xbox is a Wire article, they say it it's the original Xbox version, but I know they made a 360 version of double agent curious if that is, uh, excuse me, if that's also, um, if the 360 version is available or cause I know me specifically, I haven't played the 360 version, but I'm not sure if it, um, is maybe better on the original Xbox kind of like, you know, some um, multi-platform games or, you know, cross-generational games that release on both the previous or current gen at the time and then the next gen. Um, somewhat curious about that, but at the same time, I'm not complaining because uh, they, they did give um, those games the, uh, like, insane uh, graphical upgrade where it's uh, basically you can play these original Xbox games. The first Xbox that came out, mind you, uh, on 4k, uh, resolution with, uh, 16 times the pixel count on Xbox one X specifically Xbox one S you'll have a letter, um, a lesser resolution, but still, a uh, a noticeable jump, I'd say. So and then of those other games too, for the original Xbox armed and dangerous, a game I've seen a lot and really wanted to play. So I definitely, uh, plan to get mess with that. I have, think I have it, but I've yet to, yet to play it. Story of my life. I have it, but I have not played it. Um, Indiana Jones and Emperor's Tomb. I think I have this as well. And, uh, same story. I have not played it. Um, Unreal Championship 2, the Landry Conflict. Um, I tried playing a little bit of multiplayer when it came out way back. Um, I think now, uh, still currently you can't technically play online um, with the original Xbox uh, games because they did technically officially cut off Xbox Live support. But uh, I know at least one uh, sir, uh, one workaround technically is to use, um, if you have a PC, um, use a service referred to as a, hmm, there's a few of them like uh, Xbox Connect and Xlink Kai, which basically uh, tunnels you to play games with uh, people. Um, so let me break that down a little bit more. So basically, um, one other component I forgot to mention is, uh, uh, LAN, uh, and by LAN, basically like if you had a Xbox, probably the biggest, most popular example would probably be, uh, the original Halo where you can, um, basically link up, uh, multiple Xbox ones up to, four, I guess, technically 16, up to 16, 16, uh, Xboxes, um, and then, you know, whatever multiplayer game that supports LAN, because uh, I know uh, not that many, but there are some games that only support Xbox Live, but not LAN. 
uh, support. Um, but if it does have land support, where essentially you ba- basically play the same multiplayer that you would be playing online, um, you can basically trick your Xbox uh, to um, play land games over the internet through uh, the said program Xlink Kai, which basically uh, picks up your uh, console's uh, internet adapter and then basically uh, f- tunnels it. Uh, to whatever, you know, a client or person you're trying to connect to via a uh, online game. So pretty cool um, workaround solution for, you know, games that used to be online, specifically on the Xbox uh, one that aren't anymore. Um, at least not. I messed around with it. Uh, at least I can speak for Xbox, excellent Kai specifically. I uh, had a really good time. I uh, had really good connectivity. Uh, no one game specifically I wanted to play was a spike out battle street so a four player co-op beat-em-up game uh that you can like drop in and drop out um which uh, i did manage to play with this one guy uh it was a pretty good time i had uh, didn't really have any lag uh specifically with uh chaos theory had some issues where it would let us uh connect um for some strange reason i think it was like a a version a version difference i want to say um, in terms of like, he might've had the UK version or the PAL version while I had the NTSC version possibly. Uh, but nonetheless, in general, it, uh, does work. I played, uh, messed with Halo two with it. Um, SOCOM even, um, even though they're a little bit more <laughs> elitist and strict, like, okay, no newbies in here, even though I'm, I don't know, I'm not necessarily a newbie. I'm familiar with the game or at least to some realm, but nonetheless, uh, for those that may not be aware, that is definitely a cool, viable option to, uh, you know, still get some life out of some of these multiplayer games, uh, with that being the case. So, but yeah, really cool either way on there. Then also, uh, for the Xbox 360, um, a lot of, uh, the rare, uh, there's a lot of been uh, a lot of rare love being spread, uh, where there's a uh, Xbox one X enhanced updates for, um, a few of the titles like Banjo-Kazooie, pretty much the whole trilogy. Um, Cameo, Perfect Dark, uh, Perfect Dark Zero, uh, Viva Pinata, uh, 1 and 2 as well. So uh, those basically got the 4K uplift for those games. And even if you have the um, either the digital uh, download version of 360 or the rare replay version of the game as well. So... Um, pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. And then also some more fan favorites. Uh, there, uh, just some, I'm a spat out that come to really catch my attention. Uh, Searle's Wrath, uh, the original Skate, um, Enslaved Odyssey to the West, uh, King Kong, Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official movie. Um, so all these have gotten the uplift to 4k as well. And then uh, pretty much after that, um, they said that this is basically a final thank you um, to, you know, everybody that has supported backwards compatibility and that, um, you know, this is basically the last of uh, support for Xbox One uh, backwards compatibility. So, I mean, looking back at all the games that they have, they are currently supporting. Uh, this is actually very substantial and, uh, you know, a pretty great achievement and uh, definitely sets the tone for like virtual uh, future, future um, console games 
uh, that will be supported um, or, you know, um, hopefully with projects, Carla, that this will keep going. Um, maybe into an even better extent, even greater extent. I don't even know how much you can go for uh, outside of 4K. Maybe for the original Xbox One titles that they can be maybe upscaled to 4K now natively to some extent or something like that. That'd be pretty cool. But overall, <clears throat> definitely very satisfied with um, Xbox's support and uh, backwards compatibility. I know a lot of people that's actually has attracted a lot of people that maybe were on the fence of, you know, maybe getting a, uh, Xbox one after maybe getting a PS4, um, and things like that. Um, well, yeah, definitely been very pleased. They, they freaking released call of duty, modern warfare two, probably one of my favorite multiplayer games of all time. So that was my biggest one that I really wanted. And I've been satiated. I'd say, um, yeah, out of these titles, this is the one that I blatantly, mm, like, really want. Uh, but then I'm, like, a very rare outlier because I have uh, uh, my 360 still hooked up to play whatever games that aren't on here or, you know, things like that, too. So, um, but in general, I think the support has definitely been very, very great. They've been listening to everybody. <laughs> there we go. My, we've heard you. <laughs> guys we've heard you we're gonna support every console that you've ever known a man uh you can play it right here on xbox one something like that i don't know but yeah no i've been very pleased with their uh support uh kind of sad that near i don't think near still made it uh that's probably one i kind of wanted even though i'm still uh trudging through it on the 360 um but other than that, yeah, been been pretty pleased with Xbox's support uh, so far. Hopefully they can keep this going. Maybe are able to natively uh, bring all this over to Project Scarlet when that releases uh, the next year. Um, and then keep even adding even more games. That'd be pretty, uh, pretty great. So, yeah, I felt like that was worth mentioning. Uh, at least the last wave of support for the backwards compatible games but uh definitely a great note to end out on um either way so okay um next topic of discussion uh so uh hitting that rumor mail we go into that is a rumor mail is that actually a, i don't know i don't know <laughs> but either way um rumor is going around that uh modern warfare 2 uh 2019 or the reboot uh will have a 200 player battle royale mode and uh the infinity war dev addressed the rumor with uh no comment hmm. so this would be pretty interesting um in terms of if it is true uh because i think that's technically the biggest you can get when it comes to battle royale i think some some other battle royale games have came out that have tried to try to do somewhat of a similar thing like you know have a thousand player battle royale mode or something like that i want to say i think it was it was some game that was trying to do something similar but i totally forgot but either way um definitely the i guess option is there um 
to do that. <laughs> in my head, I keep thinking Mag for some reason because you know that Mag, that one game on PS3 made by I think the same people that made SOCOM, um, Zipper Interactive. We're making a immensely online multiplayer game that had like I think a thousand people or something like that, something along those lines. But um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking like this is Mag, Mag is back, baby. Um, but interesting nonetheless. Um, I'm I I did fairly enjoy the battle royale mode. Um, from the previous uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Four. So, and technically they kind of tested it out. Um, at least with blackout. So they, I think they started out with, uh, the player count to 80 and then they bumped it up as they kept going. Um, so maybe they found some cool loophole or something like that, that made it feasible to have, uh, that amount of people in there into a game. So, um, here's a few tidbits. Uh, also credit to, uh, Vestran in terms of making the original post, um, I believe it's also in reference to a video made by the Gamer Revolutions as well. So here's a couple of interesting tidbits. At least I'm looking through the article now. Um, oh, there. It's a lot of stuff they're working on. I'm not really going to touch those. Um, it was something that stood out. Oh, you can deploy out of an AC-130. I think I thought that was kind of cool. Kind of reference to uh, Modern Warfare 2. I hope you could uh, somehow get that. But then again, kill strengths weren't aren't in the original Blackout anyway. Uh, four, four player squads are only thing up and running. They tested a map 152 players. And it's supposedly three times bigger than Blackout's uh, map size. Uh, specifically in size, at least. Uh, close quarter and open areas. I have a assortment of those. Unlike Blackout, the system in this upcoming battle royale will follow the same footsteps as titles like Fortnite. So every weapon in the mode will have preset attachments, which cannot be changed or removed. The rarity of the weapon and attachments will depend on its tier level. Um. Interesting. So that's that's interesting. Interesting. Um, I, yeah, I'm I'm fascinated. Um, I, generally I don't really stick with battle royale that much. Uh, at least that I know specifically for Call of Duty uh, for Black Ops Four. I just mainly played just the multiplayer. I never really played the blackout mode that much, especially because the multiplayer was so like perfect and. Uh, or really great at the least. Um, yeah, I never really had a desire to play Blackout. I don't know, just the game. Uh, just the game aspect of it, I just don't really... I don't know. I didn't really find consistently enjoyable. Uh, it's just, it's hard to... I don't know, just having that long, long bouts of no action to, you know then get go into action and then uh some cases not pay off technically and then kind of having that loop i don't know it felt more discouraging than anything to an extent i don't know it's hard to say maybe i just suck i don't know but uh no less uh, i thought this was pretty interesting and definitely i'll definitely try it out for sure um will i keep playing it either way that's 
That's, uh, that's, uh, I guess to find out or to be found out. But definitely, if any game would get me into a battle royale, probably would be Call of Duty. Um, I think I played, in, in terms of the battle royale game, I played the most. I felt time-wise, it's probably, probably Apex Legends. Probably Apex, Apex, Apex Legends. So, I don't know. If it can do something different, might get interested. Uh, so next uh, topic of discussion, um, according to a website, uh, pushsquare.com, um, sources, uh, rumor, rumor, let me put that before anything, rumor indicates that um, PlayStation is uh, trying to bid for a uh, buy and remedy uh, as a um, sole company, you know, to make exclusive first party games for uh, their their platform, presumably, um, it's pretty interesting. Now, uh, for those that don't know, Remedy are uh, known for, I'd say, at least me personally, um, most recognizably, the Max Payne uh, series, at least one and two. <coughs> Excuse me, um, Rockstar um, took the rights, I think, to Max Payne, and they made Max Payne three specifically. But still, it was a great game either way. I think also Remedy helped. Rockstar, to some extent, I want to say, making Max Payne 3. Not extensively, like uh, 1 or 2, but I know at least, uh, to some extent, maybe a very slight um, slight extent helping them, I want to say. But either way, um, yeah, that was a great game. Well, definitely one of my great uh, favorite games of all time. So, um, yeah, they definitely have a lot going for them. They uh, made Quantum Break, which is the least the latest title they made uh, that had at least time exclusivity with the Xbox One and then uh, came out on PC as well. Uh, so technically it's console exclusive still to Xbox, but uh, but then their next project coming up is Control. So that's going to be on multiple platforms, including PS4. So uh, this would be a pretty good pickup. I'd be interested in what game they would want to make. Uh, personally, I would like a personal, somewhat semi-spiritual successor to Max Payne, considering they don't technically have the rights. Uh, I believe Rockstar still has, still has them uh, to Max Payne. Um, maybe, hopefully, they possibly will maybe make a deal where um, they would give the rights back since they're not doing anything with it in terms of Rockstar. Uh, but I don't know. I do not know, but maybe. But then on top of that, maybe Remy just just wants to, you know, not even be uh, in the confines of, um, you know, Max Payne in general and stuff like that, too. So maybe they just want to do something completely different either way. So all in all, I hope it'd be some cool uh, third person shooter where there is shoot dodging or slow uh, bullet time uh, mechanics uh, to it. Uh, which technically control has, but it's more, it feels more sci-fi and less John Woo ish, which I personally gravitate towards, but nonetheless, it'd be a uh, pretty great either way. Also forgot to mention that they did, um, they did make Alan Wake one and two, which uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. I played well, Alan Wake two is technically not a thing. I keep getting that mixed up with Alan Wake's American Nightmare, which is basically like an Xbox Live title, 
um, that basically felt like a sequel to an extent. It was more arcadey, but at least story-wise, it felt somewhat of a sequel. But either way, um, I also heard recently, I think they got the rights back to Alan Wake specifically, so that's interesting. Hopefully, we might get maybe um, a collection of one in American Nightmare or something like that. That'd be cool. I'd probably more than likely would double dip, see what's going on. So, um, but yeah, that's pretty much uh, all that there. But that would be a, definitely a really great pickup for PlayStation if they managed to do it. Personally, I would like Remedy to be their own and, you know, uh, stop with all this exclusivity stuff uh, and make life much easier and greater. Um, But, you know, hey, business is business. And, you know, hey, if that's what uh, gets Remedy uh, going, keeps their uh, keeps their bank fat, if you will. um, I mean, do what you got to do. I'll still support the game. But, you know, if I had my preference definitely would prefer um, to be on as many consoles or, you know, platforms as possible. So I think it generally most most game publishers or companies would want that. But, you know, business and reasons, of course. So. All right. Moving on to the next topic. Uh, boy, this one was uh, this this one was a burner, I'd say. Uh, so Shenmue 3, um, uh, Kickstarter will, uh, honor refunds and, uh, offers the scheme steam keys with a one year delay. Goodness. So, uh, to add some context, so Shenmue 3, uh, the game that we all thought never would have existed, um, uh, did come to fruition, uh, somewhat in 2015 where they, uh, promoted a Kickstarter for the game to actually, uh, they actually went on the Sony, uh, press conference, announced the game and, uh, asked for a Kickstarter. And then after like, Ooh, man, it was like surely after the kick, uh, the, the announcement, like it would manage to be one of the biggest Kickstarter games known to man or something like that. So they did meet their goal and all that good stuff. Um, and then recently now with a epic, you know, epic, <laughs> epic game story, like just trying to snatch any and everything that Steam ever had uh, is basically like, you know what? Uh, hey, um, at least uh, allegedly um, or presumably what probably went down is like, hey, hey, guys, um, you know, uh, I believe Ease Interactive. Uh, the people that are technically developing the game like hey guys um so uh yeah shambo 3 uh how about you don't bring that game to uh the steam store but bring it to us first and uh we'll we'll, we'll give you a better cut of it all how about that and uh basically he's now like oh yes um pl- please uh god uh man we were struggling a little bit we had uh we had to push our game back to november Ugh, uh please please help us <laughs> probably not like that but <laughs> i'm purely exaggerating but uh just either way they definitely um uh what would epic so now they have an exclusivity a one-year exclusivity with epic game store in terms of the game being real out, uh, released specifically on the PC platform, uh, exclusively on the Epic Game Store for one year, and then after that, then it will be released on Steam. 
So this is basically in turn what caused this issue. But the biggest issue I could definitely see is the fact that, you know, people bought the game or kickstarted it to even get it to even get going to be even funded as a game to even be developed or even get to this <laughs> uh, news article in, in general is uh, that people are on the expectation that it we were going to get the key for the steam store or if anything that they would still have their steam keys honored if they bought the you know kickstarted the game uh for to get the steam version of the game uh but now basically um they pretty much rescinded on that like yeah we'll honor your steam key but basically one year after uh epic um you know who give us uh, money and exclusivity um, after the their one year deal is, is done. So uh, that kind of sucks for you guys. So I don't know. Um, good luck with that. So I could totally see um, the burn here because it definitely you feel kind of betrayed and double crossed to an extent that like, you know, it's like you don't want to get the Steam. Uh, you don't want to get the Epic Store version of the game. You want the Steam version of the game. That's what you expected when you bought the game. Uh, that's what you kind of want. Um, so every, you know, all those, any feelings towards that um, are totally valid, uh, considering that, you know, you paid your hard-earned money. Well, not even, like, to just buy the game, uh, but to, for people that specifically kick-started the game put their money to fund towards the game actually even becoming a thing that 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 would even be possible without the people that kick-started the game so uh definitely could see why a lot of people are angry and upset about that because i totally would too i didn't i don't think i no i don't think i kick-started a game i definitely highly considered it but ultimately i did not kick-start the game um so yeah thing at least in retrospect i did it i probably might have went with the ps4 version either way but yeah this kind of puts some perspective on stuff but um yeah uh but i guess kind of piggybacking on that news uh, it was some more progress uh happening after that specifically so uh tim sweeney of epic games uh said that they will uh, cover future refunds and work with other stores to ensure key availability for crowdfunded games that go to uh, that go to Epic uh, that are Epic or go to be Epic exclusive. So uh, basically, clearly Shimo 3 being this being a prime example. Um, so basically what they're saying is that any game um, that people originally kick funded or, or crowdfunded uh, a la uh, Kickstarter, um, if they were in this predicament, which pretty much Epic Games kind of started or caused, they will actually be would be taking care of the refunds themselves instead of uh, Deep Silver, who I think is the publisher for Shenmue 3, as well as, uh, you know, uh, EaseNet. Uh, also, so they don't have to deal with the repercussions financially. It would be Epic Game Store who would deal with that ultimately, which is good. Um, in terms of specifically for EaseNet and Deep Silver, in terms of you know uh, the creators of the game not having to deal with that backlash twofold because of something that Epic Games kind of proposed or did, you know. So that all in all is definitely good news there. I mean, it still kind of sucks for people that don't want the Epic Games store version of the game. So I mean, 
it's uh it's all bad either way i mean i know people are kind of maybe caught up on like you know it's just a launcher and stuff like that but i mean much more than that to be honest i mean steam has a lot of stuff that epic game store doesn't like you know um uh steam link which lets you know play your game from the steam interface or steam pc to you know your tv or device um stuff like that is kind of tough to you know leave behind and you know you all having all your games in one centralized platform maybe with the caveat of some games like when um uh ea origin and uh you play to some extent stuff like that but still majority of games that you want are there and even for some of those games that are on the uh ubisoft store and stuff like that you can actually get the uh, but yeah, even though it still launches the Uplay version, you have to get Uplay version in general. But still, generally, uh, I totally understand it. Uh, just having all these launchers that launch what game, you don't remember what game you have that is on said platform. If it's is it on Epic Game Store, is it on Steam, is it on Valve? Uh, well, <laughs> Valve is Steam. Is it on uh, Epic? Um, what is it? Origin? Is it on Uplay? Is it on GOG? That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff to deal with. A lot of clutter in terms of software you have to install that that software will update itself with uh, consistent patches and stuff like that. That can conflict with other programs that you already have. And uh, it's uh, I totally understand, uh, you know, being somewhat of a, a, a leisurely or moderate PC gamer. Um, I, I understand the pain greatly and uh it it i just just from off all of what i spouted definitely is annoying but i i kind of see where easenet is coming from uh, at least from what they said in the article a while back that they said shenmue 3 isn't gonna be the final shenmue or is there or they said something along the lines that there's more story to be said in the next another shenmue or something like that so i mean if easenet is looking at the long game i can see why they're trying to you know uh, you know, get some exclusivity. Um, having that significant discount in terms of your games on their store is definitely pretty hard to pass up on, um, you know, uh, from that aspect. So it uh, it sucks, but at least uh, it's not like permanent exclusivity uh, after a year after the game's kind of been forgot about and the whole uh, hype train has passed. Um, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but... I get it at the same time. It's business. And boy, Epic is coming at them throats. I swear, man. They are coming at the jugular and the nuts at the same time. This is crazy. But either way, I thought that was pretty interesting. I'd say this. I, I don't think EaseNet has anything to do with this. I'm pretty sure it was specifically Deep Silver and um, Deep Silver and Epic specifically. Uh, the, the publisher of the game and stuff like that. So... I'm pretty sure that's where it probably all went down ultimately. So I wouldn't blame, you know, the creator of Shenmue 3 for this specifically. I don't think that was any of his doing. He was probably fighting for keeping the Steam keys or something like that. But I don't know. I feel like it could have been a pretty good median. Like maybe people who already bought the Steam versions of the game via Kickstarter would still have that honored. But, you know, for anybody like myself trying to get the game now, or whatever pre-ordered before it comes out can only uh, pre-order from the um, Epic Game Store until it comes out a year after. I feel like that still would have been a pretty good median. 
Uh, but you know, hey, as long as Epic is taking care of it, that's pretty uh notable because they could have been like, you know, well, uh, you guys got to deal with that backlash. Uh, we'll, you know, you can come on our platform, f- of course, and you get that discount. But mm, we're not taking mm, we're not taking care of those refunds. That's too much. So, uh, good on Epic specifically, you know, for doing that. So, cool, cool. Interesting stuff, interesting stuff, interesting dynamics. Uh, so next topic of discussion. Uh, so Pokemon. Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. For those that may not know, uh, there's been some controversy going around, uh, specifically with um, uh, the transferring of Pokemon that you've already caught. And uh, this kind of ties in conjunction with Pokemon Home, which is basically going to be the new centralized Pokemon bank, if you will, uh, to my understanding that you can basically any Pokemon uh, that you've caught across multiple platforms, whether it be Pokemon Go, um, Pokemon, uh, the latest Pokemon that came out on the Switch was Pokemon Go. No, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. And then I think some of the previous Pokemons that were on the 3DS, uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon, and I think maybe some older ones potentially. Uh, So basically with the new Pokemon coming out, Sword and Shield uh, this year, uh, later this year in the holiday, um, it's said that only the Galar Pokedex can be transferred to Pokemon Sword and Shield from home. So that at least implies that none of the... Pokemon from other regions or other gens uh, will be transferable unless they appear in this game, uh, you know, natively. So that kind of sucks for a lot of people that, you know, are specifically hardcore Pokemon fans that just want their favorite Pokemon uh, in this game or, you know, as long as they transfer it over. Um, I could totally see the outrage and, uh, um, you know, um, just disagreement in terms of this, uh, development decision, which is apparently what it seems like. So, um, there are a lot of Pokemon at the same time. I think that it's like getting to like, in terms of genuinely new Pokemon and, uh, maybe new evolutions of existing Pokemon, probably like, I think it's in the 600, 650 range. I want to say, so that's a lot of that's a lot of Pokemon assets to, you know, do various attacks, uh, uh, animation and stuff like that. Even though I know for some you can just do a simple copy and paste and stuff like that. But I mean, that is a lot of content for Pokemon that have, um, you know, various animations and, you know, tendencies and uh, how they look in the environment, stuff like that. So that is a lot to consider. Um but yeah, overall, I totally understand it, though. It's like all your hard work with uh, existing Pokemon that you've caught and, you know, uh, at least specifically, you know, maybe Pokemon Go. Put a lot of effort into traveling various lands and, excuse me, uh, uh, traversing for, I don't know. But um, yeah, that kind of sucks. That kind of sucks. That that's pretty painful. Hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I guess maybe to give some context in terms of my history of Pokemon, um, I was a pretty big Pokemon fan when I was younger. Uh, at least nowadays, I'm not been into it as much. I uh, know I picked up Sun and Moon, but I've I've I played maybe a few hours of it, but never fully got back to playing them. Um, outside of Pokemon, I'm trying to think of anything else now. Yeah, that's it. Also, excuse, uh, you may possibly hear this uh, uh, lawn mowing or uh, landscaping going on in the background. Um, perfect timing, of course, but I digress. So, yeah, that's tough. So only Pokemon that are in the Galar Index can be transferred to Pokemon Sword and Shield. So I'm assuming it was probably different for the other games like Sun and Moon that you can basically transfer any Pokemon to some extent. Um, uh, via, I think Pokemon Bank was the least primary bank for all Pokemon related stuff at the time. But uh, that sucks, man. I know at least kind of knowing having to catch all on Pokemon and the history of all on Pokemon that definitely would help me want to play the game more knowing I have all the Pokemon I love and know and maybe potentially having new ones that I encounter in this game that maybe I can incorporate with my team um it's pretty horrible man pretty horrible um maybe one possibility is that they can add everything else add it all back in as DLC at least that's uh, maybe what a lot of other people are maybe uh theorizing i could see that angle but uh i don't know it seems very cut off in terms of the decision they just made so i don't see that actually happening you know but we'll see um i think that's all i have news wise today so uh now that we got all that out the way let's go into what i've been playing uh, watching per se. Uh, so first thing I need to talk about is of course judgment. Uh, been putting a, a pretty good amount of uh, time into the game uh, since I, the, the last podcast and have been uh, thoroughly enjoying the game, man. It's uh, definitely has basically all the necessary bindings or, you know, necessities that are needed for a Yakuza game. Uh, the big one, most important one for me personally is the Komaki Tiger Drop, or at least in this game, they call it the Tiger Drop to not, you know, I guess directly reference anything. But I know in the description of the, the move, they said it was once belonged to this one, one legend of a man or something like that. Uh, but man... I swear, Komaki Tiger Drop, uh, just have that counter in every game, I'd be satisfied. Ugh, so fulfilling. Uh, but yeah, man, has Komaki, that's all I needed. That's all I needed to make this game great. Uh, so I have the Komaki Tiger Drop. I'm still trying to explore some of the combos. I'm still uh, unlocking a lot of his trees in terms of the character and stuff like that. Um, but all in all, man, Jesus is great. Uh, so, yeah, so kind of like what I theorized. It's weird. Uh, like the sub stories, at least, you know, from uh, previous Yakuza games are now in this game. Um, they're called sub cases as well as f friends that you have to make friends with. 
and then additionally girlfriends i'm not sure i think that's kind of branched out on, into its own thing too so it feels like the sub content is kind of spread across all of those platforms now so um but i don't really have an issue with it i'm thoroughly enjoying it it still it still has the same appeal and uh kind of wackiness as uh the previous sub stories and um the previous yakuza games so um i'm all for it either way so um yeah man um yeah like i said i'm discovering a lot of the combos and uh playability um but yeah, I've been having a pretty great time just playing all the extra stuff. Uh, I've been playing. They have like drone racing, which I think I mentioned earlier, isn't as bad at least as what I I I um thought. It doesn't seem to be a lot of um, what is it? Random, random events or things that uh is out of your control uh, compared to Pocket Racer. So, um, that's pretty relieving to some extent um you still have to you know put a lot of effort into getting the uh, necessary parts for you to obliterate you know your competition in terms of those races and stuff and it's additional stuff you gotta earn for your character in terms of skills and abilities as well but all in all um i i, I am thoroughly enjoying the game just as much if not maybe possibly mm, no i can't say that i think i still like just the I think just the familiarity with Kiryu and everybody um, still uh, leans me towards the uh, previous games, but this is still a worthwhile addition to the series as a whole, or not technically a series, but a spinoff, or not even a spinoff, its own new game, but you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, I'm very, one thing I'm very insanely curious about is if you get an equivalent to um, uh, Joe Amon. Uh, from the previous uh, Yakuza's. For those that don't know, um, basically if you do all the, generally generally for most of the games, if you do all of the sub-stories for the uh, games, uh, you'll get one final sub-story that's basically uh, a super hard boss battle with, uh, at least in terms of the lore of Yakuza, this whole history of the Amons, which is basically seems to be like a, uh, a rival to the uh, Kazama clan or, uh, you know, Tojo as a whole or specifically Kiryu where everybody in the family just wants to beat Kiryu's ass. And in some cases, uh, at least specifically with Z- uh, Zero, wants to beat up, um, what's his name? Uh, Goro Majima as well. So, um, yeah, I really hope there's going to be some equivalent to that. Um, I mean, it seems to be like the cookie cutter kind of basis to you know do that um but definitely hoping that uh is a thing so definitely uh if i remember we'll definitely report if i ever happen to do it unless the uh requirements are too unrealistic or just stupid or not even worth doing um but yeah but all in all very interested and having a good time with it i do like the spin of the uh detective angle of you know Uh, being more analytical about stuff as well as, you know, kind of looking into details about things and stuff like that. Um, Is it a Phoenix, right? (laughs) Probably not. I'm guessing I've yet to go into a a courtroom other than a cutscene where I'm not even in control or whatever. I'm just basically in the, in the audience um, 
we'll see. I'm still holding out. That could be a possibility. Maybe your final uh, showdown or something like that. That will be really cool. But part of me is still doubting, still doubting that. But all in all, having a great time with that. Also managed to pick up Super Mario Maker 2, but uh, I've yet to play that since uh, Judgment has been taking up my time. Uh, it was a good sale where I guess if you go to a physical store, a brick and mortar store, uh, you get it uh, $10 off. So I'm like, I have to jump on that because, you know, Nintendo games, they never really go and go down in price at all. So I was like, go take advantage of that. So <laughs> here we are. And it explains why I have games and never play them. Because, you know, but... I digress. Outside of that, that's pretty much all I've been doing gaming wise. Um, uh, next thing I guess we'll talk about is, uh, of course, Stranger Things season three. Um, it did come out. I think it came out the fourth. I'm pretty sure it came out either the fourth or maybe right before the fourth. Uh, but yeah, that's basically what I spent all of my fourth doing. <laughs> Pretty much binge watching uh, uh, Stranger Things and uh, putting in putting in some judgment time in there as well. Uh, but man, Stranger Things pretty good season uh, this season. Um, trying to think, I'm trying to compare to other seasons. Mm. I feel like season one was still the best. Because I think it's just that illusion of mystery was a bit more appealing than um than this current one. It feels like we kind of know a good amount about these uh, enemies from the upside down world or whatever. And um, I don't know. It's weird. It just feels like we know if that makes sense. So, I mean, they kind of hinted at about it in the second season. And then they kind of showed a lot of elements. I'm trying not to get too spoilery, but I don't know. Some of these enemies like, uh, okay. I mean, there are, I'll give, I'll give credit, uh, in terms of the first, uh, fair amount of episodes, maybe up to episode five or so. It was a lot of somewhat mystery about like, are these people dead or they're alive? Uh, can they come back after they've been taken from these people or what? It was very mysterious in terms of how that kind of worked out. Um, and it's still kind of somewhat of a mystery still, it feels like, cause it's like, uh, for example, um, okay, I guess this will kind of get a little spoilery. So basically the one, uh, character from stranger things, uh, the new guy that comes in season two, I think the, I forgot his name. I think his name is Billy, the dude with the Mohawk that like is getting all the, uh, uh, 40 year old girls or 40 year old moms or whatever. Um, he's played by the same dude that, uh, was in that power Rangers reboot, uh, like a couple years ago. Um, he basically was taken by the mind flare, I believe. And then he managed to get, get out and then pulled back in. And then he's acting weird, seems a bit weird. Uh, but then they like mold into hmm, it's I'm still kind of somewhat unclear on that. But 
so basically they like the people mold into the the mind flare but they can unmold from him it seems like it's weird i don't know but the impression i got is that once they've been taken they've been taken and there's really nothing else that can be done about it after that so i don't know I guess I kind of like some more clarity on them, but I don't know. They still kind of made it seem like it's another, it could be another season. Um, and at least towards the end, uh, this might get somewhat spoiler too, but towards the end, they're back in Russia and they mentioned that leave the American, let's take this other guy and have him, you know, get eaten by. Uh, I forgot what they call it, the dog, devil dog. I think devil dog or something like that. I'm curious what that other American is, who that other American is. I don't think it's the, uh, man, I forgot his name. The weird looking balding guy that uh, is very conspiracy heavy. I forgot his name. Uh, I totally forgot it. I forgot his name, but basically... Um, I don't think it's him. I think it's uh, Detective Harp Hopper or or um, what's his name, the um, police chief Hopper, or whatever. I think it's him. Even though it's pretty implied that he died, I think it's him that he's just been held captive. He managed to escape that. I'm guessing my theories with the uh, green green acidic goo, where he was able to somehow get through that to some extent even though it didn't show anything visibly um visible for him to escape it but i think it's somehow he got out of that to some extent and you know he'll be the big surprise coming back in season four or something if that comes to be but i don't know overall uh maybe i need some time to reflect on a little bit more but after everything was said and done, um, it was okay. Um, I don't know. I think just the mystery about it all kind of helped in the kind of entertainment of it, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. But, I mean, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I, I didn't stop watching it, so, I mean, I... That's got to account for some, not assume. I don't know. I, I think I technically would put it. Mm, yeah, I still feel season one was the best. Yeah, I don't know. Hard to say. It's hard to say. Uh, I like it's a few aspects I like more than other seasons, but uh, vice versa for this season as well. You see a lot of everybody like uh, split apart. Um, conveniently, um, you see a lot of familiar character dynamics still being exploited more on too, which is okay to an extent, but I don't know. I feel like what I like would have liked a little bit more diversity in terms of the characters, uh, in terms of their dynamics and grouping, if you will, but I don't know. But all in all, um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it still either way. Uh, it, specifically comparing to other seasons of Stranger Things, though. I don't know. I feel like I think the first one was still pretty, pretty strong. 
Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's just dynamic that they're uh, older now, and a lot of the, the dynamics are changing and stuff like that. Um, hard to say how much that kind of comes into play, but still, I don't know. But yeah, that was a pretty interesting uh, showing. It's uh, pretty much what I saw there. Also saw uh, finally saw Spider Man into the Spider Verse on um it was on a uh, Netflix, so I caught that. <laughs> pretty good it wasn't as i guess um wasn't as big as what i think a lot of people made it out to be it feels like um it didn't feel like oh man i had to rush to the rush to the theater to watch this like watching it you know retrospect was like yeah yeah i could have waited on this so i'm kind of glad i didn't go out to see it um specifically um in that case, but it had a lot of cool moments, a lot of cool references and a lot of fan service for sure. Um, but all in all, uh, I guess I wasn't too crazy about it. wasn't too wild about it. It was definitely a good movie for sure. Um, but yeah, it would have been one I definitely would have wanted to wait on, um, personally. So yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I liked all the references and, you know, previous characters and stuff like that was pretty good. So um yeah i don't think anything else substantial plan to see the new spider-man that came out soon uh i think that's all that's coming at least in the horizon but um yeah so uh other than that um a little bit of housekeeping of course um you can catch me on uh twitch tv uh, slash a switch. You can also follow me on Twitter at uh, Twitter doc, or you can follow me on Twitter at a switch. You can also follow me or subscribe. Well, I guess you can only subscribe on YouTube on uh, youtube.com slash a switch as well. Um, you can also catch these podcasts and possibly other content I may uh, decide to post whenever I figure stuff out. Um, on my website at aswitch.net, uh, at least currently now it's only just podcast, but, uh, at least somewhat, um, intending to plan to, uh, kind of revamp it and add some other stuff that may tickle your fancy, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, is that all the housekeeping? Of course, you can also, if you want to support, um, this podcast and keep things going, uh, please, uh, if you can, uh, rate, like, uh, love on um, your uh, favorite podcast platforms, uh, which this podcast is currently on, which is uh, Google Google Podcast, Google I think it's Google Music, um, Spotify, and uh, iTunes Podcast or Apple Podcast. My bad. They <laughs> keep changing it all the time. Um, but yeah, guys. Until next time. Oh, I forgot to, uh, of course, any questions that you like to submit to the show that you like, uh, to be answered on the next episode, uh, feel free to submit at, uh, a switch TV at gmail.com as well. Um, and who knows, might get a question, uh, answered and we'll have maybe a interesting, um, discussion. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, guys, until next time, hope you guys had a happy 4th of July and we'll have a 
Happy 4th of July weekend. Um, oh, 